Welcome to the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. Join Artem, Stefan, Ruslan, and Chris as we explore the latest trends and developments in the pharmaceutical industry with a focus on sales and technology. From cutting-edge innovations to practical tips and strategies, our expert guests will provide valuable insights to help you stay ahead of the game. Tune in to stay informed, inspired, and connected with the world of pharma sales. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Stefan is here from Platforce, and we have another episode of the Pharma Sales and Tech Podcast. And I have, I would say, a very specific guest, a very interesting guest whose name is Sotiris Bazar. He's the general manager at Evans Bioscience, and he has a very noble mission. And I think best is if Sotiris will talk about, will do a small intro himself. Sotiris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Stefan, for the invitation and the opportunity to interact with the community and to share my experiences. It's always great when you have this opportunity. And thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, you're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm really glad. You know, we usually have on this podcast people who do some sales consultants, you know, people who work with pharma, but we don't really have people who try to combine pharma and, you know, having such a noble mission as you have at your company. Can you talk a little bit about your company? Just introduce, like, what do you yes. do? Yes, and what, this combination that you are referring to is the beauty of our job because it's really important to wake up in the morning and have uh, something to enjoy. So our work is most of our time daily. So here in Avanza Night, uh, apart from the economic objective, which is obvious, we are a pharmaceutical company, there is a humanitarian one. Because, you know, with orphan medicines, the problem is that many companies, big pharma, do not have the capacity to launch these drugs across all regions. So, because these drugs are, are addressing rare diseases, so the cases are not so many. So, from probably it's not profitable for all companies to go to all regions. So, Avanza Night covers this gap because we are offering the opportunity to Big Pharma to assign us with the responsibility to launch these orphan drugs, address rare diseases across all regions where we can have the capacity to do that. Because this is exactly what we are doing. And for us, it's really important that we make this happen because we really help people. And this is our mission as professionals, and this is what we most like to do. Okay, I have a question here. So let's jump a bit to the future. Like, How do you see the future of like, say, sales innovation in the pharma industry, particularly looking at the context of like orphan medicine and like you know, patient access to them? Yes, we are living in the era of speed. So the information is traveling very fast across the globe. So this is the main difference from the past. I have started 25 years ago as a marketeer. I recall mm -hmm. that time when I was preparing everything on my own, mm -hmm. having no support. And of course, it was, it was really important to go to my customers and provide them with the information they didn't have access to. Today is different. Today we are going to our customers and the customers know before us. So our goal is to explain to them how they can use this information to treat the diseases and, of course, offer value to their patients because this is our mission. A patient is the, the final customer, I can say, the end customer. 
And this is what we are doing, trying to support physicians, to support healthcare professionals, executives, stakeholders, important stakeholders, support payers to understand the value of our medicines in order to pay for them. And finally, we want to give access to medicines. This is our goal. Okay. In this case, like I would say, how do you balance the economic and the humanitarian goals of uh, events denied bioscience? Well, you know, driving and growth. Yes, it is balanced when it is successful. I mean, when we are successful in economics, we also, uh, we can succeed, we can perform, and we can, of course, make our goal happen. And this is what we need to do. It's not difficult to, as I said before, as human beings, our final mission is to fulfill ourselves as humans. So a humanitarian goal, if you can combine that in your daily life with your job, this is something that it is fantastic. This is how I see that. Not all of professionals can have this opportunity to do, to combine these two things. So if you can manage to achieve this, this is really important. Yeah, that's a great goal that you have. And, you know, I think usually people start these sort of businesses because of some personal some personal story or they're personally affected them or their family by one of these diseases. And I was wondering if, is there something like that that affected your, you know, the reason why you started the company or why did you decide to? Yes, there is always a personal story behind the, the professional trip, the professional journey. I'm a pharmacist, so I also on education, this is my degree. So I have started early when I was 18, to work in healthcare. So to me, it's really important to, now that I'm 50 years old, to have managed to have these all these years, serving patients, serving people, offering relief to people with diseases. And, and among these people, there have been many relatives of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really important when you can offer this opportunity also to your people. So there are personal stories. I can recall. And of course, every day that I can manage to achieve my goal, I remember also them. This never ends. This is, you know, a tough mission, but offers you much of joy and an accomplishment in the personal life and the professional life also. I do have actually a personal story to tell. Some time ago, I used to work for a parallel import company. So they were doing parallel import for very, some rare drugs, you know, like for cancer and a big business for them was were the orphan medicines. So they were used to buy them in, you know, in Eastern Europe, Central Europe, and sell them in, you know, in the Netherlands, in Norway, Sweden, and so on. And they would make, like, you know, good profits. But the founder had also knew that he's on a mission. And each time, sometimes you would get drugs, which, you know, would have like a very short shelf life. And well, technically you could sell them. But what the founder would do, he would actually donate he would go locally where the drugs were stored. He would buy them out from the from the distributor and he would donate the drugs to the local clinic. And, you know, sometimes it would be like a box of, of pills worth five, six thousand, ten thousand dollars and, yeah. and euro and more. Even though he was a very like, commercial, he, the guy he was a Danish company. The CEO, he was trying to combine the mission. He was getting accessible drugs to and making some money with this. So that's my personal story with orphan drugs. Good story. Uh, good story. Okay. I have a question. So 
What strategies have you found most effective in improving like patient access to orphan medicines in the European markets? Because you obviously you target, you had Greece, Cyprus, you know, so you might have something there. Yes, we use a lot of data and analytics, of course, because we need to, to support our argumentation. As I told you before, there are specific stakeholders, usually payers, who want to be convinced to reimburse these new therapies. So for us, we are using the data and analytics to support and improve the decision-making on how to prioritize our work, where to go first, because this is also important for us across all the regions that I mentioned before. And of course, these decisions, the daily decisions that we are making, they are defining the operational success. They either solve problems or they can create new ones if not well made. By providing ourselves with the right data, we minimize the percentage of the inaccurate responses and actions of ourselves and our teams. And of course, also myself, when I make a decision, I want to be sure I have explored all my options well. So this is really important to start with. Of course, because this is also a new therapies, new businesses, we use this information also to inform our, our final customers, to inform healthcare professionals on how they can use them optimally to treat their patients. And of course, sometimes we need also to follow up with them to write down what the efficacy and the safety of the new medications are. So this seems to be complicated. It can be very simple, of course, if you can manage to, to structure this well and to make this work effectively. So you're using a lot of data. So obviously data will help you take a better like business decision because again, you're covering a lot of sales force who goes in the fields and goes to doctors and you know tries to talk to doctors and explain the certain effects of a medicine, right? But what challenges have you maybe have you faced in the commercial commercialization process? And maybe how have you overcome them using like data or maybe like some innovative sales strategies? Yes, and connecting this to the new technology that also this is the topic of our discussion today. I have experienced many challenges and I can start with the reluctancy I can see from the salespeople because, you know, it's not always easy to engage salespeople to use the new technology. There is a fear that technology will prevail over humans. So this, of course, cannot be the case in the pharmaceutical industry, but there is also a fear there. Research has shown that physicians continue to put the interaction with pharma representatives first in their preference. So I don't see a real risk there. There shouldn't be any fear for to use the new technology, to spread the idea of using the new technology. There is nothing to worry about. I overcame this challenge by clearly showing them, my people, the benefit of using new tools and the opportunity, of course, for them to develop as professionals also, because using new technology, you acquire new skills and you are becoming better and better. So you basically train, do you show, do you lead by example when it comes to like training sales reps and using technology? Yes, this is part of their training. Onboarding is important. The onboarding process, we start with that, is critical for any role in any of the industries. But as we said before, the pharma industry is highly regulated. So we need to ensure that everyone complies with the rules that exist. And of course, the science behind new therapies is extraordinary. So you cannot perform unless you're perfectly trained and equipped with all necessary skills 
and you have me the tools to do your job properly. So it's not only the new technology, it's all about the, the training as a whole. And there's a Greek philosopher, probably you know Aristotle. Aristotle yeah. used to say that we are what we repeatedly do. And then excellence is not an act, but a habit. So yeah. training is important. This is what we do, simple things. Training never stops. We always learn something new every day. And we, it's important to learn how to apply this new technology, the new things that we are learning in our daily job to make this easier and more efficient for our customers. And how do you build a culture of like experimentation and innovation within your sales team? I start by simply asking them to experiment. So, you know, it's really important to be clear, to, to talk the walk, but also walk the talk. So oh, I start, by, I, I lead by example. So I'm trying to reserve some of our budgets for new ideas and a different uh -huh. tactical approach. Okay. So this is something practically that we are doing. Our promotional budgets are never 100% fixed. There is always room for something new. And I'm always encouraging my staff to come and propose this. And many new ideas are being implemented during the year. It's not that we are fixing something in the beginning of the year and we simply follow this. Yeah. Uh, many times we change our plans because new ideas are coming on the table. And by deciding to implement these new ideas, we start something new in the middle of the year. And this has been very, very effective many times in the past, I can tell you. For example, I'll tell you how we do that at Platform. So I had the marketing department, but we're still, and we want to have our salespeople trained. So what we do is we do a hot chair. So what is a hot chair? A hot chair is like when someone plays the role of the customer and we, and another salesperson plays the role of the, like, you know, our role, the salesman. And then we basically, we imitate the discussion between them and we, we add, you know, we add pressure for into the conversation by bringing a certain scenario, like, okay, you are the customer and you want a discount. And then this way we sort of like, see, we sort of train our salespeople to on one side, not to give too much, you know, because there is always going to be an ask for the discount. It's very usual in the pharma field, as far as I can see. And on the other side, I want, we want the other party to give out something, but at the same time, gain something back. So we want to have a win-win situation. So that's something that we do at Platforms and yeah, it's been quite um, transformative, I can say. So yeah, you're free to steal this. I like it very much. I really good what you're doing. Okay, cool. But you know, there are times of rejection, you know, and there are set times when the sales are not good and you're not reaching the quota. How do you stay, you stay personally, how do you stay motivated and how do you basically keep a positive attitude with your sales team? You know, Stefan, I think this is also simple. If you can show me someone who has never failed, I think you can't because there's no one who can claim he has been always successful. I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, professional mm -hmm. life, and I have learned a lot from them. So naturally I'm a risk taker. Wisdom of life and professional life has shown me how to prioritize a well-calculated risk over a more promising, yet less secure one. So we are living like that every day. We need to take risks. We are doing business. We need to take risks, calculated risks, of course. Mm -hmm. So this keeps us in the loop of, you know, there will always be emotions 
positive or negative, we need to go on and leave all the negatives behind and stay positive because what we do is positive and we need to see that. What we do every day is positive. What we do every day is affecting people's lives. So it's really important us to stay positive and motivated because it's not easy. As I said, we need to stay strong, continue to work on this mission, and this eventually makes us all happy and good. Make, makes sense. So I think that's a part of the, your of your Greek uh, mentality, which I actually love. Like Greek people have a great uh, mentality, I have to say. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, indeed. So I would have this question. So how does your experience in the in Greece, Cyprus, you know, in these markets, influence your approach to sales overall? Like, how did it change your approach being Greek, like in sales? Let's say, how does your experience in the like Greek healthcare and like selling in the Greek markets, how did it influence your approach to like to sales in a way? Yes, you see, Greece has gone under a fiscal crisis the last decade. You know okay. that it's on the yeah, news. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows. So here in Greece, we have learned how to live with with contingency planning. This is our normal day. <laughs> That's what I wanted to learn. Yes, contingency planning is our normal day, <laughs> normal planning. <laughs> so this is how we have managed to make it out of this shit, I can say. Sorry for, yeah. <laughs> for the, This okay. is it, actually. It's a podcast. We can do that. Okay. okay. Yes. As I told you, I have started over 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And I have been through a lot of difficult times not only personally, but also my country. So we have been through this as a country and personally, and this has made us tougher. Okay. It has made us, you know, been through this and make it out. It's really important to not to be afraid of anything. This I can say. Everything can happen. And we as Greeks have shown this also in, throughout all the human. Uh, very simple, but this this is the truth. This is the truth. Gotcha. Okay. So within your 20 years of experience, right? Like, let's say someone is just starting in pharma, in particular in sales force in pharma. What advice would you give to these people? My advice is simple. You always need to do what you like to do. If you don't like this job, don't start. But if you really like it, go for it. I have never regretted my decisions and my journey to this, to healthcare all these years. And uh, I, I think that this is the secret, I can say. It's common, but this is really important. Like and love what you do. Everything else is coming then. Love and like what you do. That's great advice. So that's the advice we would give to all the people tr- starting in pharma sales. Because it is it is a tough market. Very sort of closed, different from other markets. Very regulated. So it has its own specifics. But you got to love what you do and you have to start with the mission. Like, for example, you have, I think it's very important to have a mission when you start working in pharma because pharma being untransparent gets a lot of hate and a lot of, you know, bad reputation. And this is not true. You know, I see very good people in pharma who want to do good, like yourself, right? And you have to be ready for criticism if you start with sales in the farm in pharma. Cool. I don't have, to be honest, I don't have any, any more questions. That would be it, unless you have any questions for me. No, once again, thank you very much for this opportunity. I really like that. And as a summary of our today's discussion, I can say that 
if you have decided to play and win, and this applies to all organizations, you know, but more in pharma, this winning aspirations needs to be embraced by the entire organization. I would like to mention that because it's really important across all levels, all hierarchies, if you don't manage to have the people buy in, most probably you will fail. So it's really important. We are under a mission, which is important. We have discussed about the humanitarian nature of this mission. So it's really important, not only you, you can be motivated, but also the whole or the entire organization to get this buy-in and ensure that everyone follows you and follows this mission with you. To me, this is important. And I would like to close this with this message, which is simple, but really important. Okay. And on the part of the podcast, we'll say, Evharisto, Sotiris. <laughs> Paragalo. <laughs> And nice to meet you, Stefan. You're a great guy. <laughs>